used to be such good friends. Could tell each other anything. Guess it helped that we weren't really each other's types. Then one day, out of nowhere, you said, But I didn't hear you, so I was like, What? And you said, Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Nooner Podcast on the, uh, what is it, Smodcast Radio Network, Smodco Internet. Smodco Internet Radio. Whatever. You know what? It's been how many fucking years? Five, four, five years on this thing? I don't care if I'm right or wrong. I don't think any... Just just think CERN, S-I-R-N, Smodco Internet Radio Network. Uh, I I don't know what you're saying. It doesn't matter. Hey, everybody. Uh, My name is Marty. I'm a host. I'm here with another host. Uh, Will Wilkins, who is located um, way up north. How are you, are you staying dry up, dry up there? No, yeah. no, no. We got lots of rain and there's traffic. and Because, you know, it's California, so we don't know how to deal with adverse uh, weather conditions at all. Yeah, well, you know, that's... Um, yeah, a friend of mine just back uh, ran into somebody yesterday, skidded on the hydroplane. Um, but no, it happens everywhere. You know, in Montreal, was, there's that, that internet clip of... Uh, that these cars and buses going crashing into each other in the snow it just happens you know mm-hmm. uh and you know, the- can i just say by the way and i take this for granted every day but i i just love how technology has made it so that it doesn't matter that i'm in northern california and you're in southern california not only can we co-host a, a show together but I can also see you, and, and it sounds practically like we're in the exact same room. I know. You have better lighting in your room than I do. I have this backlighting of the... Uh, <laughs> you want to know a secret? Uh, it's actually nothing but all my monitors. That, oh, one's, <laughs> that one's white, that one's white, that one's white. Oh, just by the for way, well, you are super white. I am, At the moment, yes, I am. <laughs> You're in the East Bay, right? We've, had, we've talked about this before. Yeah, yeah, I'm at the uh, I'm at the easternmost part of the Contra Costa County line. Wow, you're way out there. Um, yeah, I am. I'm in Brentwood. It's known for its uh, delicious white corn. I don't know. Do you guys? Everything. I don't white remember. I, I lived in L.A. for five years, and I don't remember if the white corn was. And by the way, it just I sound so racist. But uh, but the white corn is uh, something that the area is known for, and. But I don't know if it's like known for it in other places of the state. Did our corn during the summer go down south and was it featured or, you know, is it just white corn? Um, yeah, I don't know. Like I, w- growing up, I always thought that white corn was uh, sweeter. That's what we were led to believe. But now all the, the corn that's available is so um, uh, genetically modified, which is fine. I don't have a problem with that, but it is all very sweet. It doesn't go bad, you know. Like when growing up, like if you didn't get it within the first week, it was just like eating paste afterwards, you know. Oh man, I, I just remember my old man, uh, my dad. He would he would just be thrilled because he had hit the uh, and you don't really see these so much anymore. But like the pop up grocery stand, and he had just gotten the farm fresh corn. Yeah, did you grow up in California? 
Oh yeah, I grew up. Uh, I grew up out here in the East Bay. Uh-huh. Um, I, I was going to say my entire life, but that's a redundant statement. I, you can tell I haven't had coffee when I say stupid right. things like that. Oh no, I. I that's my excuse because uh, I stopped drinking coffee recently, so I'm constantly saying stupid things. Hold on, just a second, Bruno. Hey, I'm just like Kevin. Bruno. There you go. Yeah. You see, you got You got to have a dog to yell at. Yeah, exactly. That's um, a, if you want to, well, because that's what they say. If you want to, if you want to be successful, emulate successful people. So, Marty, I commend your actions. Thank you, thank you. Em, emulate the best, and you can get there right in there in the medi- mediocre area. Um, Will so graciously offered to join us today. Uh, Giselle is away, and uh, as is Cassandra and. Um, uh, Scott, the newest addition to the team, and uh, Jason Castafrakis is unavailable. Steve Kruger is sick, and uh, and Dan Etheridge is on vacation. So, but he said that if he's available, he's going to come back on. He keeps making these promises. White man make promise doesn't come through. Well, and what and he doesn't have. Well, like I don't know what he may have in development. Okay, so I admit that, but. I know for a fact, because of the lameness of following stars on Twitter, I know that iZombie is wrapped now for its current season. It's true. And here's the thing. So they he's developing a new series with uh, Rob Thomas. I forget what it is. I should know this because okay. um, it's not okay. Um, he they're, they're developing it. They're hoping it goes to series. If it does, that means when he goes back to... Canada to to Danada to shoot Vancouver Danada, he's going to be shooting that series and Isambi back to back. So he will be there for like twelve months straight. And he's and let's just say, uh, hopefully, yes, of course. I, I don't. This is the best case scenario at at the same time, and this is terrible. He's he's there's a a bit of dread because I don't think he likes to be away from L.A. and I don't think he likes to be away from his friends, even though he loves working on the show. He got to direct, um, I think. Two episodes this season, one or two oh, episodes. Oh, awesome! Yeah, so he's uh, in, he when he comes back next week, he can't come in because he's going to get, going to be cutting his his last episode. So uh, he's doing just he's having a, a career wise uh, just a great time, and I just think that it's a little isolating being up there. But uh, he, he's come a long way from voicing the odd job like character in the Clerks cartoon. I was offended. Um, <laughs> Uh, yes, and he did it in such a, a very clever way. So uh, we, uh, yeah. So uh, we are. I had to switch machines. If you're listening live, and it, the sound's going to be oscillating in and out because this machine. I don't know. It's oh, hold on. You know what though, Marty? Hold mm-hmm. on. Go on. I, I have when you're sitting there with the tech guy. Oh yeah. Like technically speaking, hold on. Let me do this. Oh, people won't know. Uh, we may jump ahead a little bit because we'll be cutting some latency out. Oh, cutting latency! I like that. Let me run this You're one and do the best this j- joke possible. There. And now, and now the audio they're getting is from my studio and not yours. I have now officially hijacked your show completely. Oh, awesome! And that is the secret to comedy. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, did you watch the Golden Globes? You know, I I have to admit, I normally do not watch the Golden Globe. I don't usually watch award shows. They're terrible. Yeah, but I did, for whatever reason, I don't know what possessed me to, uh, but I did watch the Golden Globes this year. Oh, you did? Um, And I I, I have to admit that, uh, you know, from from the clips and the things I've seen in the past, uh, it didn't really come off as a very... uh, 
it, it didn't seem as much of a party as it normally was. Um, the yeah, it wasn't mu- not much of a party. It was um, it was like I like the opening number. I don't know if you got to see La La Land yet, but it was a- no, I haven't yet. But I got to admit, in a in a in a day and age where, uh, you know, we just have had uh, Debbie Reynolds pass and. Uh, you know, I, I'm one of those weird kids, I guess, because I remember at nine years old, Everyone one of those times I was at my dad's house, kid. I stumbled across singing in the rain and I was just, I was completely captivated by the movie. And so it is nice to see that, that we still can get, you know, a, a musical of sorts still with dad's numbers and the like. Yes. Uh, the singing in the rain was one of my favorite movies growing up. I, I actually, you know, watched all sorts of Fred Astaire movies growing up and, um, I was into that, and so it was really great to see La La Land. Um, and I got I saw it yesterday, or I'm sorry, what was it? Uh, day before yesterday, right before the awards. So that was really great. And then to immediately see the dance number, that was a sort of a, well, not sort of, it was a direct homage to that. And the whole movie was an homage to uh, that that era of uh, the MGM musicals. And it was it was great. It was a really lovely kind of irresistible movie and i urge everybody to see it um i don't know if it merited all the the awards it got i I thought that the two actors were great the script was um you know it was there were a lot of um shortcuts that they took about how they fell in love and all this stuff but that's also how the musicals did it of the era you know Mm -hmm. so i went with it but it didn't make me think it was like sophisticated writing but it was true to the form i guess but i i thought i think that everyone should see it. it's so amazingly directed and uh, uh whatever his name damien chazelle is just he's got to be insufferable to be with because he, the level of detail attention to detail was spectacular uh, in that movie and it's nice to hear that somebody can can see that and appreciate it as well. I, I know that uh, I think it was uh, I know somebody that got to see an early screening of it way early in 2016. And and uh, I don't know if it was under an NDA situation or what, uh, but I remember he even called back once it was finally released. Uh, he said, I've been dying to say something about this movie all year. This is going to be the best movie of the year. Yeah. And it, but but, you know, in. In light of uh, of everything else uh, that has transpired in our world, I guess is the best way to say it, I, I think that that's something that would be just this throwback to simpler times and also uh, something that's completely uh, different from the other films that you get in, in the marketplace right now. And I'm not surprised that something like that would have an appreciation and a, and a surgence, if you yeah. will. Yeah, no, it, it came at a great time. I think, you know, during World War II, these movies were really welcome uh, because in in very difficult times, like you said, it, it was a sort of a, a, a rosier view of the world that, that sort of uh, warmed everyone's hearts. Um, by the way, uh, hello to Jade Lynn and, and David Castro, friend of the show. Evan and uh, up in Roseville, Tyson, Michael, uh, and everybody else, Jane, uh, listening um, and tweeting in live. That's at Nooner Podcast, Nooner Podcast at gmail.com, Nooner Podcast at tumblr.com. And thank you to Darren and Tyson for keeping that up. 
Uh, the mail sack is wide open. There are a couple of emails in there, but if you want to join in, we're going to have a shorter show today. I have a, a meeting to jump into, um, but uh, <laughs> and I'm and I'm literally on my lunch break. Oh, are so. you? Are you really? Um, well, it's a, it's not to get too much into my personal life, but uh, I do. Explain I the do, nipple claims. I have a regular job as well, uh-huh. and. Um, I, I mostly adhere to an East Coast schedule. So for oh, me, when I get I to see. listen to Nooner, it literally is my Nooner. Oh, that's perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is an amazing time when you can work for an East Coast company on uh, and uh, do it from your home amongst your uh, comic book paraphernalia around you. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking yeah, at that the was camera. Yeah, that was an embarrassing thing. I have to admit that yesterday I did have a, uh, a call uh, a quick test uh, of the technical capabilities of the the video conferencing through my laptop, and it wasn't until the camera fired up at that one moment that I realized, yeah, I need a new professional backdrop. Do you realize that everybody's like, "Oh, that's so cool!" Like, you know, that that's what every tech person or whatever, you know. I hope so. Yeah, yeah you know, it's not every day you're talking to somebody. Well, this isn't. I, for the VC thing, I don't use the full microphone and everything. It's kind of hidden off to the side. Ah. Yeah, I use the tinier headphones, so I don't look as weird. You have, and a, and yeah. I've now got to keep. I'm going to keep a collared shirt hanging up in ah. here just to make sure I can look respectable instead of my Rick and Morty portal gun T-shirt oh, like I am now. That's awesome. You can't just like put a cardboard cutout of your, your, you know, at the neck level where it just is a business suit underneath, and then just put a cardboard background backdrop of a of a cubicle. Actually, you know what I should do is I should get somebody to paint a very small glass matte painting that shows me in like a, uh, a just a regular office setting and, and that I could mount in front of my webcam. So that way, much right. like the, the Charlie Chaplin effect that we saw going around the Internet. Right, right. That, that would be perfect. All right. Um, you know, I guess I know there are things like chroma keying and taking out other colors, but why do that? No, let's 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 get somebody to paint a very the world's tiniest matte painting of me in a of a Victorian office suite, something you never hear of. <laughs> and, and and let's do that. I think that would be perfect. All right, the 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 call to arms has been uh, put out there, so it's up to everybody else to paint a small class uh, uh, backdrop or whatever. And and I can give you an excellent guide to do that. If you get one of the little glass covers that you put on top of of samples when you're looking through slides, not the glass slide, right? The very thin, the little thin, thin the, glass. Yeah. yeah, paint it on that for me, guys. All right, all right. Everybody on the internet's listening. I'm not painting anything for anybody. What's oh, with this so jackass? Jenny Marie said that uh, that the site doesn't work um, for her, um, so I'm going to tell her to try Stitcher. I don't know what Stitcher is, um, but okay. Sorry, more more technical. It's stuff. okay. It just, I love I I love it when we tech uh, tech troubleshoot things on, on the show. Oh yeah, yeah. We will uh, fix it in post <clears throat> if we had post. By the way, what did you think of? Uh, I, I have to ask this. Mm-hmm. I, I probably shouldn't ask this. No, uh, as do. the as the uh, and and I'm not meaning to make race such a, a dominant theme on your show, Marty. But as uh, what we'll say, the only white guy in the room right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you think about suddenly? Not suddenly, but this year, um, the Golden Globes and and the general tenor of the award season. It, it really feels like we're getting a much more diverse uh, set of nominations for for many things do you think that's in direct uh measurement to to the reaction last year of the supposed like whitewashing of the oscars 
I don't know. I, you know, I don't think the public really cares about that. And, and maybe the Hollywood foreign press. The, the one reason I don't like the, the Golden Globes is because it's run by such a small cabal of, of these movie reviewers. I don't know any of them. They're the, the Hollywood foreign press. So it's like, you know, a bunch of guys, a very small group of people that I'm sure are wined and dined by movie studios. And, you know, I don't think it's a very transparent process. But um, that aside, I think that like, Moonlight was one of the most well-rated, well-reviewed movies of the year. You know, if you look on Metacritic, it's at the very top. So mm-hmm. it would have been bad had it not been recognized and, and it didn't it only won one award uh, best drama but you know thankfully it was the the most important one um so i hopefully that means that the best thing won because fences didn't win anything uh did it no viola davis won um but but what about what about that amazing uh movie hidden fences we kept hearing about? oh right right um oh, jesus that was so for those of you who don't know uh jenna bush made uh, asked um Pharrell, uh, how uh, it was working on Hidden Fences, which is a, uh, a weird amalgam of Hidden Figures, the movie that came second to uh, Rogue One this past weekend, and uh, Fences, uh, sort of conflating the two black movies in, uh, in release right now, wide release as one. That is embarrassing. And a little bit, a little bit. Let's all be for honest. One of it's the a little bit. whitest persons on earth to be, make that mistake, you know. Well, and then and then Michael Keaton did it as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and hopefully, you know, when we see like Kid and Figures being uh, number two in the box office, which is you know made twenty five million dollars as a twenty five million dollar movie, so it's going to make a lot of money. And when you see uh, a small movie like Moonlight win the Golden Globes, and you see Fences being such a high profile movie. Like it's going to become a non-issue, and hopefully, you know, one thing that was a little, uh, you know, I would have liked to see more of is more, uh, more less of race being an issue, so that like Emma Stone could have been played by a black woman, or or Ryan Gosling could have been played by a, another person of color, so that we have these romances that aren't classified as black or white movies, but just movies, you know, and then that's a mm-hmm. very sort of facile way of looking at things, but. But um, not so that we don't notice it. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. we just well, and that's the way it should be. It shouldn't be that that hidden figures is about this. Uh, you know how one of the greatest mathematicians that we've never heard of in NASA was uh, this woman of color, uh, and, and them in the environment and everything that happens. It should just be about this amazing story about an amazing mathematician. The the, the former should never be a call out, right? Uh, right. But Again, that is part of what makes it uh, a dramatic story as well. Right. No, no, that, I, I, that is different because it's about history. You know, it's about a history mm-hmm. uh, where there was an oppressive world. You know, um, where women and black women, especially, couldn't excel in a field of technology and, and uh, science. Hopefully, we don't come back to that. So, anyway, yeah. um, I, I was shocked though. I didn't know it was a. It was a Fox was behind Hidden Figures at first for a little while there. I thought it might have been. Uh, universal only because, which is surprising to think, because I mean, what good movies do they really put out? But uh, the uh, TV show Timeless on NBC, which is owned by Universal, they also had a uh, one of their plot points uh, stories because you know they're traveling in time involved that exact same person uh, oh, as wow. part of the resolution of their story. So uh, I, you know, sure it was an interesting uh, part of history, but I, I find I, I thought maybe there was some synergy there. 
right. But uh, Hidden Figures is also Hidden Figures, La La Land. What else is out right now that I really want to see? Those I think are my two main contenders. Those are the two movies I still really want to see that oh. I haven't. I have kids. I never get to see the movies. Yeah. No, you get to to see them on uh, video or or how your eldest is old enough to watch movies, right? Oh yeah, I have a thirteen-year-old oh, and I have a two-year-old. A two-year-old, okay, the two-year-old, okay, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, so at least you can watch Rogue One with your thirteen-year-old. That must be awesome. I did actually. It was uh, one of the one of the most. Uh, how do I put this? This is weird. So I was sitting at home and I realized that there were still tickets available for the Thursday night. Uh, what, what do we refer? What do we refer to these? Uh, are these considered advanced screenings when they're airing them a few hours before the technical release date? Because a Friday release now seems to officially mean a Thursday release. Yeah, um, I guess for those big ones, I, w- I just uh, say like a mid- midnight showing, you know, because yeah. that implies. And, you know, and I saw it at 730. But wow. I realized that there were tickets available. So uh, I asked my wife if she wanted to go or I assumed she didn't. And I just asked if I could go. And I was going to go alone. And then my daughter, uh, Emily, who's 13, offered to go. And I have to admit, at that point, I don't know what it was uh, that that hit me in the way that it did. But I just, uh, I got teary-eyed because I realized I'm going to be able to take my kid to a Star Wars movie, which is something I never thought would happen in my lifetime. And she wanted to go. Yes, and she actually enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, and the only thing I asked, I had to ask her too. I had to ask afterwards. I'm like, what did you think of the one guy who who ended up, uh, you know, giving the final order to fire the the Death Star off? What did you think of that guy? She's like, he was okay. Like, could you tell he was computer generated? And her response was, I could tell there was something weird. So I think the the uncanny valley thing doesn't necessarily apply when you uh, you know the person is dead. <laughs> Yeah, I, <laughs> and I you don't. I kept seeing like a, a cut scene from a video game, and and uh, you know it's just really subtle things, but it didn't take away from the movie, and and and, and that's really the way both of those uh, CG characters really felt, isn't it? Yeah, it's it, it, totally. like oh, this is a, a bonus scene from Star Wars Battlefront, <laughs> right, right, right. With, but it, you know, it's it's getting there, and I think you know they have to keep trying, and and why, you know these this is. It's a logical step. I don't have a problem with it, just so long as it doesn't take away from the story. Um, did like so? I was admonished because when I talked about Rogue One, I, I complained about the lack of women, and I brought up the Bechdel test. Apparently, the movie does pass the Bechdel test, but just nominally. I, I just, I think my biggest complaint was that there was just it was like the other Star Wars movies. There was just one, one basically one significant woman in the galaxy. You know. And uh, it would have been great. There was also uh, technically two because Mon Mothma is in this one. Right. Who is, uh, you know, in charge of the Rebel Rebel Alliance. Right. But we don't know anything about her except that she gave some orders, you know, like she gives some order. Well, that's all we know about her. She just always gathers people, gives orders. People go away to die. Right. I mean, she's she's the most malevolent rebellion leader ever. (laughs) You die and you die. Oh, wait. Wait. Back. Porkins, you're next. Get get in there. You're next. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I have to, if you don't mind my oh, asking, please. Marty, uh, because I don't think uh, people have heard you since this has transpired, but uh, how were you affected at the passing of Carrie Fisher? Oh, I, uh, okay. So 
I remember hearing about it, um, you know, when she had the heart attack on the plane. And then I think Chris Miller tweeted in that she's going to be, you know, she's strong, she's going to get through this. And I just thought, like, how do you know? And this is a, you know, a, this could be really bad. And, and it made, really made me sad. And, and it was like, and it, you just think about, like, what a, a significant uh a significant role her her roles played in my uh, upbringing, including um, you know beyond uh, Return of the Jedi and the you know the metal bikini which you know sparked certain things in my adolescence, and then just her in, in Blues Brothers, and then yeah, I mean it's it was there was that, and then there was also who she became as a, a fully formed adult. You know, who somebody who uh, struggled with uh, mental illness and talked about it, which is really fantastic. I love that she was uh, cremated and buried in a Prozac capsule, uh, <laughs> which apparently was one of her most. And for those that don't know, it's a very a large, almost prop like Prozac tablet, and she uh, or capsule, like you said. And apparently, this was one of her most prized possessions. And so, when faced in deciding what to do, her her brother and daughter determined this was the best and and i think for everything that we were allowed to see and know about her it seems the most fitting yeah yeah and uh, it's also interesting just because i'm probably a bigger debbie reynolds fan like she was just so impressive to me she became she was part of that era where there was uh, such a strict work ethic these people signed on to contracts with these studios and they, they, part of their contract was they had to practice dancing and singing. You know, they, that was a part of their routine. And apparently Carrie Fisher was not of that school. And she was more of the hard drug taking. Um, she smoked a lot. She did not take care of herself. And, uh, and that's an interesting, I think, um, uh, sort of... Uh, view at the snapshot of two different eras, you know, of Hollywood. She was from the sort of late 70s, early 80s era of excess, and Debbie Reynolds was part of that that Judy Garland-like sort of mill, you know, movie, movie star mill, and she was much more of a product. But she also, uh, and this is the thing that I was also able to learn through Twitter, is uh, it's amazing the way Debbie Reynolds, although even as Carrie Fisher admitted in her uh, one woman show book and HBO special um, wishful drinking, how uh, they had to witness the basically the, the burning brightness of their parents stars to eventually it, it fading. Um, right, right. But, but Debbie Reynolds herself still uh, m through uh, different roles and different ways found many different ways to still not only be relevant, but also have certain impacts on people like Disney Channel, I think it was, uh, had a movie called Halloween Town. Mm -hmm. And there are people that that knew Debbie Reynolds from that because she had a, a character role in there. And, right. uh, you know, uh, the uh, uh, Al, uh, Brooks, Albert what's Brooks, his name? Albert Brooks, mother. mother. Oh, my gosh. People should uh, if you see two movies, see Singing in the Rain with, and and she's just so, so charming and so cute. Uh, and see Mother, where she's so funny. Uh, it's Albert Brooks wrote and directed it, and uh, uh, or he co-wrote it um, with Monica Johnson. But it's a great, great um, 
I mean, it's not a great movie, but she's great in it. She's so funny. She really was. And, and let's all be honest. I think she was robbed that year. That should have been the year she got the, an Oscar nom and a win. It's, it's what it should have been. It's just, you know, we're talking on Skype right or uh, Hangouts right now. And uh, yeah. that was like right in the mid-90s when they just had the first, or not first, but sort of the first commercial like video phones. And that was like, the greatest scene. Fabulous scene. And it's the same thing with my parents now. You know, it's like, how does this thing work? And you just see a chin and, you know. Yeah, you see faces drifting by the camera because right. Albert Brooks in the movie is a popular author and he buys his mom this this uh, video uh, conference phone, basically. I mean, just to sum it up. Well, yeah. and, and she, of course, she's never in frame. And I feel the same way anytime I try. And, like, I, I, even though my mom has a, a Google tablet, uh, an Android tablet, uh, I have never tried to, vi- well, I shouldn't, she's just in the same city, but I've never tried to video comments her on it, nor would I, because yeah. uh, I know what it would entail trying to explain to her how to get that going. So yeah. forget it. I'm out. Yeah. I still uh, have, I, I can't explain to my mother, she uses a computer every day, uh, what a folder is, you know? <laughs> so it, it, I just stopped bothering, uh, you know, she would, for years, she would hit the return and a word processor at the end of every line, you know? Um, but uh, oh, but back to the Golden Globes. Okay. Yes, please. Now, uh, Meryl Streep was honored with a Cecil B. DeMille Award, which is yes, like, she was. Yes, and it's like the Lifetime Achievement Award, which to which I say, you know, congratulations and about fucking time. I mean, she's a national treasure. It, it's weird that it took him that long to say to give her that. Um, but she had a wonderful, moving speech, and she's a, a fabulous speaker because um, she conveys sincerity in the most <laughs> simple things that she says you know I, I find her just a compelling speaker and part of what she talked about was lamenting the she didn't call um, the president elect out uh, directly but it was very clear that she was not happy with uh, with the state of the the nation, and she said mm-hmm. that there was one performance this year that stunned me. It sank its hook its hooks in my heart, not because it was good. There was nothing good about it, but it was effective and it did its job. It made its intended audience laugh and show their teeth. Um, it was that moment when the person uh, asking to sit in the most respected seat in our country imitated a disabled reporter, uh, and she's of course referring to Donald Trump uh, mocking a. A disabled uh, reporter who was critical of Trump, and uh, well, you know, but but uh, Marty, I, I just have to say out front, clearly she's paying attention to his words and actions, and not what's in his heart. What's in his heart? Yes, thank you, Kellyanne Conway. I, um, I just have to say this. Look, it, it, I'll, I'll I'll bring this up. First of all, I commend her because she took something that uh, is about her. And instead, she made it about something she's passionate about, which I'm not surprised. Right. All politics aside, okay, uh, my biggest problem in the world right now, uh, one is I can't read uh, Twitter or look at Facebook anymore uh, just because, um, how do I say this eloquently? Uh, If you really want to affect change in the world, get off your social media Talk to your representatives, go to Washington, D.C., make yourself a presence that is known, go out, do something and take action because all you're doing is throwing out rhetoric in that same tone. My other biggest problem is the dis 
disingenuous approach that is being taken uh, and, and just the apparent uh, continuous revisionist history that is occurring. Uh, and by that, I mean, just if something happens, own up to it and just admit it. Okay, Don't try which, and smoke screen. This, this gets to, so yeah, this guy was named uh, Sergei Kovaleski and um, he has a degenerative disease and where he can't speak very clearly and you, you can watch, go on YouTube and, and see, Sarah, uh, see Donald Trump imitating him. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so Meryl Streep called him out on it and you know she did it in a very sensitive and impassioned way and the second she did that i thought uh she's going to get you know raked over the coals on twitter sure enough the per- first person who i saw reacting was uh, donald trump who who just like he, <laughs> and, he just and i'm sure the press set a timer and, yeah. and there oh, were yeah. betting pools okay who's got who's got hour 4 yeah. who's got hour 4 yeah and then of course he said i didn't watch it but you know she's overrated and and for the last time, I wasn't mocking Kovaleski. But you just see the video, and clearly he is. There's just no two ways about it. Well, and- Marty, even, even more importantly, uh, even if he wasn't, even if in his heart he believed he wasn't, uh, his actions, what he did, led himself... Oh, what did I do? Oh, I must have bumped a cord or something. Now suddenly I'm a lot quieter. Sorry, everybody. You are quiet. Anyway, um, whatever he did... He, um, it, if he had kept, for example, if he had just kept his hands on the podium when he was doing this, right, it would be a non-issue. But, and, and admittedly, if you look at the video, there's only kind of one or two moments where it happens, but it, it does. And he, uh, you know, he brings his hand up in the exact same fashion that this person's, uh, physical impairment is at, uh, he, he replicates that motion once or twice. And that's the thing. If yeah. if he had not done that, it would be a non-issue. But but and you know and he's Trump. And clearly, you know, I I disagree with Trump's politics. But politics aside, he did this. It's indisputable. And take ownership of your actions. And he's flat out lying. Like I can see him in front of the presidential football, finger in the button, while the Middle East is engulfed in a mushroom cloud, and him going, "Oh, wasn't me." Uh, it was uh, Pence, and, and meanwhile they have videotape playing on loop of him pressing the goddamn button. Like, have some self-respect. Take, be a leader, and and you know, just the other day Obama was saying, or no, not the other day, but they were playing uh, tapes of him uh, when he going through the the. Uh, he had some bad cabinet picks. He picked on Tom Daschle, and he Tom Daschle uh, for I think Secretary of Transportation back in two thousand eight or 2009, I guess, and uh, Tom Daschle had some corruption problems or some tax problems, and, and Obama said, you know what, uh, I made a mistake, and as a leader, like, I have to admit my mistakes and then uh, learn from them, and oh, uh, there's just, you see none of that from Trump, and just say, I took a cheap shot, sorry, you know, have a spine. Yeah, uh, exactly, but, and, and you know, the other thing, too, is that he, um, he, he is occupying one of the most uh, critical positions in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are going to get flat, no matter what you do, whether you are making the right decisions, the wrong decisions, whatever. It is the what I'm getting at is the most hi- critically, uh, well, criticized uh, job in the world. 
Right. You can't have a thin skin. So right. that's why, you know, at least what I hope is that his uh, exercise with his Twitter account is is just that. He's getting it all out of his system before he gets into office. That's what I'm hoping. Well, meanwhile, the rest of Twitter was abuzz in the social media with people just coming out in favor of Streep and others who just bashed her uh, uh, people like Megan McCain and uh, country music star Travis Tritt, who said, um, advice to all actors, musicians, and entertainers, please stick to your crafts that we all love you for and drop the political rhetoric. And he tweeted that at 1 a.m. afterwards and said, nobody cares or wants to hear what any celebrities have to say about politics. Do your craft and leave politics to the politicians. To which I say, here's a quarter call someone who cares. That's a, one of his songs. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't, I don't know anything of Travis Tritt other than also what was retweeted. Uh, but Brian Lynch, uh, screenwriter, etc., uh, he also he posted that, and then immediately after he posted a comment six months ago of Travis Tritt saying he was voting for the anyone ABC candidate or anyone but Clinton. So right, and yeah, and the, the irony is that Tritt, in this particular situation, by taking a is taking a public political stance that celebrities should shut up about politics. So, like, just by saying that, it's a political statement. And Yeah, exactly. But here we are, you know, my question is why? why? If you feel about passionately about something, if anybody does, why wouldn't you use every tool at your disposal to make your voice be heard? Like, if you think that this is a way to better the world... Like, you know, here we're supposedly have a po- comedy podcast and we talk about politics all the time. And the other thing is that art and politics cross paths all the time. If we didn't allow political voices into our art, we wouldn't have movies like All the President's Men, The Big Short, Dr. Strangelove, The Manchurian Candidate. Like, musically, we wouldn't have Woodstock or Public Enemy or Arlo Guthrie. And, you know, th- the way that politics affects comedy... George Carlin, Louis C.K., Amy Schumer. It's that intersection of art and politics that makes us appreciate both like better. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was looking at his song lists, and Travis Tritt, they're all about him getting dumped or cheated on or him cheating and, you know, or drinking. And, you know, that's fine. But we can also have sort of higher thinking art as well. And I, I, I think that Meryl Streep has... Um, done that in her career, you know, not everything was a river wild. Um, she's done a lot of really, you know, Silkwood and, and uh, you know, which is a political movie and that's art. And so why shouldn't she speak about politics when she's speaking as herself? I was most shocked uh, during the Golden Globes, not by her speech, but by the uh, inclusion of footage in her uh, glory reel Mm. Of of the Roseanne Barr movie that she did. Oh, she with Devil. Jr. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, wow, you're really going to... That's ballsy, guys. Sure, why not? Well, you know, she, uh, Death Becomes Her was a really fun one that she did. Um, and, uh, you know, but the other thing is, if you don't like it, stop watching her movies. If you don't like me talking about this, stop listening to me, which is a lot of people have actually done with our stupid podcast. Like, we've lost listeners because I won't shut up my pinko liberal trap i um, i i uh, admit i've seen the same effect and mind you like on our show it's not like we called out saying oh it's doom and gloom trump's been president the only mm. thing we pointed out were uh obvious co- contradictions or, or statements that that you know make no sense 
or, or you know those type of things mm-hmm. uh, but even even that and and mind you we critiqued in the very little bit of a political talk uh, that we sneaked in between tech talk and comic talk and everything else on netheads which you can find here on smodcast.com as well um all of that it, it, we i myself i i've seen at least uh, i'd say somewhere at least of a 5% drop off since we started any type of political discussion right yeah, well, you know, and that's the price we pay. But the other thing is, I like to think that I I will happily engage in dialogue about this stuff. I like talking about this stuff. I like to hear other people's views about it. And one of my resolutions, probably my only resolution for 2017, is just to be a better listener. Um, and it is. Um, I'm sorry, what? Um, I said to have more solo podcasts without anybody sense. interrupting me. All right, so shut the fuck um, um, By the way, Happy New Year. And do you, did you have any resolutions? No, I don't waste my time with that. Yeah, uh, I think that's, that's good. I, I think it's, it's a time to sort of think about, or just it's, every, it's good to every so often think about, like, what's going well in my life, what's not going well, and what can I do to change it? And if, if, that, if New Year's is it for you, then that's fine. But so long as you, it's like actually taken to heart, you know? Um, for the past few Januaries, I, I go vegan and I, I stop drinking for, eh, well, sometimes it only lasts a couple of weeks, but it's at least something. And uh, mostly just to think about like how, just to get me thinking about what I put in my body more and, and try to be more creative um, cooking-wise, because I like to cook a lot. Um, but not because I'm doing a cleanse. I don't believe in any of that stuff. Um, but more of a yeah, sort of a, a mental flush, I guess. Uh, but not like a, you know, I'm not like getting rid of toxins or anything like that. Um, I guess I'd sort of do the same thing, though, because it seems like every time around December 29th or December 30th, <clears throat> I keep saying, you know, we should be eating more more uh, non-processed food. I mean, life eats life. That's what Joe Rogan told me, and he's tr- it's true, but... You know, really, it's it's. We should just be eating things. Uh, at least, even if we cook them, at least they start out in their natural state. So I guess I do kind of do that. As a matter of fact, I don't know if you like to cook. Do you have one of these instant pot things yet? Uh, go on. It's just a programmable pressure cooker, basically. Oh, but I it also. A, oh, I have a pressure cooker. I I love my cre- pressure cooker so much. And it, it has a saute feature, so that way you can just do one pot. Like last night, I made chili browned the ground beef in there uh-huh. then 10 minutes after i got done with that i had chili um yeah no that's that's amazing that that is fantastic um uh, my everyone should get a pressure cooker it, it it's uh so much easier uh an electric one you know um i uh, yeah so i i have a i had a stovetop one but i just never used it because the the other one is so much easier. Um, let's see. Michael Binhock says, narcissistic personality disorder is a disorder in which people have a, an inflated sense of their own importance. Who are you talking to? Why are you, talking, why are you saying that to me? Um, I, I, don't, I don't think he is. Martin. I am perfect, okay? A deep need for admiration and a lack of empathy for others. Fuck you, Michael. You don't know what you're talking about. Um, I think he's talking about Trump. Oh... Because, but behind this mask of ultra confidence lies a fragile self-esteem that's vulnerable to the slightest criticism. Yeah, that's Trump. That's not me. It's not me at all. Um, oh, wait a minute. 
I've hey. been listening to Nooner for a while. Damn it. <laughs> um, so uh, I part of coming off the, the doing this vegan thing, I, I spent New Orleans. I'm sorry, I spent New Year's Eve in New Orleans. I was there for a wedding of a certain Merp, who I won't name, but his initials are Steven Kruger. Um, and uh, he would hate me mentioning that, but it was super, super fun, very decadent, ate way too many fried things. And it was, it's, a, it's a very interesting town, old and falling apart, but at the same time vibrant and really lovely people. Have you been? Uh, actually, I haven't really traveled a lot of the U.S. Uh, I think the only uh, places I've been are uh, Salt Lake City, uh, several places in Arizona, a few cities in Texas. I have been to New Orleans once mm-hmm. and uh, Washington State and Oregon. That's it. So That's something. That's more than a lot of people. Uh, but it, it was fun to go there for a wedding because I don't think I would have gone otherwise. And uh, and he he's doing really well. And uh, everyone kept asking him when he's going to move back to L.A. He's I think he's going to come back next month for a job. So hopefully he'll have some time to, to come into uh, the studio or my dining room. Um, and uh, we'll get him. Or both. Off. Or both. It's the same thing. Um, so... In looking back in 2016, I, I couldn't talk about this with the other Mervs because uh, they're they're not really into comic books. But uh, what was you, what were your favorite comic books of 2016? Actually, you know, I don't know that it specifically was out in 2016. But one of the ones that I read that I loved the most there was a 12 issue limited run of uh, the Vision in Marvel. That was mine. It's really, so it's, you know, the vision. I mean, because it was it was this amazing story, and it had, uh, it was it was told really well. Uh, you know, in it was in funny in parts and and very disturbing in parts. And and also, if you notice the, the the storytelling from beginning to end, it also was very symmetrical as well. So oh. there are certain elements that are echoed back, and it's almost like it it starts with a theme and it goes up, and then it, it as the story goes. I don't want to say downhill, but but as it makes that back end journey, it it doesn't go down the opposite side. It seems to go back the same way and retell some of those elements in a different uh, perspective. And it was just and it was a real thinker because it it also did something that comic books haven't done for me in a while, where it much like a movie movie, it set me up for an idea in the anticipation of an event, and then it plays out completely different to what i was expecting yeah uh for those of you who who haven't read it the basic premise is that vision has um in this effort to sort of live a life of sort of human-like normalcy has uh created a a family the sort of uh uh, 2.2 kids like a suburban family for himself Mm -hmm. and uh and they're all um androids as well but they have the emotions of the of a teenager yet with superpowers and, and all the vision powers um, and just how the problems those bring up. It's about xenophobia. It's about the sort of uh, idealizing our own lives. And, and there is action in it, but it's sort of completely superfluous to the story. Um, and it's it's really disturbing. It's a really well done comic. I, I highly it, it, it. It's a thinker. I wasn't expecting it to be as much of a thinker as it was. 
but it's a thinker yeah. and it, and it's a great one and it really does it, it, you mentioned the xenophobia it really does have a lot of of themes that are that are playing out in the world around us but it's in a the silly picture book yeah yeah and, and, and it makes you it, it it's it's the one thing that i i want out of every piece of literature i read even if it's a comic book it made me think and i think that's the part that that hit me most with the story is that it did that yeah um yeah, like it was more about being a superhero, or, or it was more interesting to me than actually than Watchmen, you know, in terms of like sort of trying to normalize what being a superhero is. Um, I think it, it was, it's similar themes, but uh, I mean, I guess they're different, but, but uh, I, I really, I thought it was very clever and, and like you said, a total thinker. Did you read Paper Girls on Image? No, I didn't. It's Brian K. Vaughn's um, comic book. That was, but now that I know that it exists, I probably will. Yeah, I made a lot of lists, uh, and I need to. I, I gave it to my niece, and I'm picking her up. We're, we're, I'm taking her out to dinner tonight. I want to steal them. Like I got her the first two trades, um, and I, I, yeah, Brian K. Vaughn is a great uh, writer, so I think uh, I'll enjoy that hopefully. Um, and last week was CES. Do you follow any of that? See, th these are the things like you and I can nerd out about stuff. I can't, <laughs> I can't like Cassandra and, and Giselle, they don't even Scott, the, the, nobody cares about this stuff. And, and this is the episode where I lose like, <laughs> like all the people who like, well, who come here for, for me. Giselle CES is my, uh, my annual check-in on where the tech industry thinks it's going. This is the Consumer Electronics Show. It's every year. It's, it takes place in Las Vegas. It's open to the public. It's just a shit show. I've worked it several years, and it's, you know, it's fun to be amongst the crowd, but it's also just like, ugh, it's, it's a lot of people. But it is the place where uh, a lot of consumer technology is showcased. Um, mm -hmm. new, new stuff. And, uh, and so I do, I, I always do check out mostly like, uh, you know, the summary reports or I'll just check the, um, tech news portion of Google news. Cause that's really what my life has come down to now. I mean, uh, Google news is just my initial first stop for, for any news. And, and then I'll diversify from there. But uh, it was interesting to see how it appears that even though Google has been doing a big push with their home product, it, it seems like um, Amazon uh, Echo and the Alexa lead that was they got uh, by kicking off uh, what the beginning of last year or the near the end of the year before uh, has paid off because uh, there were a lot of Alexa oriented things at oh sorry mine's cancel mine's going off because ah. i keep saying her name <laughs> which is scary there was one time i was watching in here in my studio i was watching uh suicide squad and uh it's interesting to see the other words that may trigger it off the character was referring to these uh, these dark places where uh things happen and they're referred to as black sites and it's, when he said it Alexa heard Alexa and then started uh, trying to answer whatever question she thought she heard. Cancel. So anyway, it's a uh, it it it's interesting to see that. Uh, it's interesting to see how wearables have really pared down now um, compared to two years ago. Uh, but you know, I, I always I always treat CES kind of as the uh, the automotive uh, concept cars. Right. It's like, are right. we really going to see these things come to fruition? Right. Yeah. 
and but you you know Alexa was probably was showcased there last year and and you have an Alexa or two years mm -hmm. ago. Uh, do you do you like it though? Um, it, I got to tell you, uh, falling back on the cooking thing, it's one of the handiest things to have around the kitchen. I'm sorry, what's it called again? Uh, uh, the just the Amazon Echo. Oh, no, it, no. when you, that I, I find it very convenient because no, it, I'm to anytime you, to... you want to set a timer, you can just tell somebody to set a timer for you, and now it's going. I was just trying to get you to say Alexa so that it would it would do something. No, I'm not going to do it again. <laughs> uh, but I do have like uh, this Christmas season too. I also got uh, two of those TP Link smart plugs, so the Christmas lights were controlled by that. Uh -huh. And and now this is the most embarrassing thing. Now oh, that it's all said and it's done, it's pretty the embarrassing already. Over, Go on. Uh, I had to find a repurpose for the plug. Now, mind you, I, it's within reach. But Alexa, turn on my desk lamp. Hey. There it is. Alexa, turn off my desk lamp. <laughs> you stupid right. asshole. Uh, it, it's so sad and pathetic. But the nice thing is now I have actually got what I refer to as my wife link. Because if she's in the other room and my doors are closed and she needs my attention, my lamp will turn on and turn off. So that's uh, nice. That's good. Alexa, uh, kill. Alexa, kill. Does that work? Alexa, kill. No, she doesn't understand murder. Sorry. Uh, oh, is that what she said? Yeah, she said, sorry, I don't understand the question. Oh, okay. Um, there was a little kid who, who went to Alexa and said, wanted him, uh, Alexa to play Digger Digger, a, a uh, children's uh, song. I saw that. And then you can go look on this on YouTube. And then uh, Alexa goes, you want to hear a station for porn. Um, and then starts naming off yeah, all the chick. things you can Am find there, and the parents girl. are just panicking. Yeah, and the parents are like, "Alexa, stop! Alexa, stop!" Uh, that's that's great. And then there was also a report of Alexa ordering something um, based on a news report that was that was going on. You know what? I, I just the other just uh, two days ago, two days ago in my kitchen, uh, they my wife and my kid were talking to the Echo, and. Um, they were asking it questions and somewhere in that chain, uh, I don't know. I think they were like telling it, no, stop, sorry, or what have you. Somehow they accidentally ordered the board game. Sorry. I got notification. <laughs> your story, your, your order for sorry has been I'm like, wait a second. What? So I, I can understand how this always on technology can be kind of tricky. Oh, that's what we should do. We should come up with product names that, that, that are things like, um, uh, that people would say around the house. Like, Oh, you ordered the board game. Fuck you. Uh, or, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, you're not the boss of me or, oh yes, God. Oh yes, God. Um, yeah, we should create products called that. And then Alexa will just order them for us. That would be, that would be genius. Or, or you just need to come up with words that, uh, uh, this will be the next big thing. The next big thing in, in, in hacking is where you discover dialogue that you can write to where it doesn't sound like you're activating the echo but now you're tricking it into so like you say something like uh she has the condition of dyslexia and buys something and then you know suddenly boom you're you're ordering your shitty product across a tv with nobody realizing it that's yeah and somebody's gonna hack this somehow and to make that happen uh, there, if you want to, you can go on Twitch. There are two chat bots who are talking, who talk to each other. I don't know if you've seen that. You know, they, no, these two but I love the thought of it. And they're like, what is your name? My name is John. Oh, I thought your name was Lauren. Your name is Lauren. My name is John. You know, and, and it's just like 
nonsense, but it's kind of, uh, kind of. Oh yeah, well they they somebody uh, Darren just posted a video of uh, Echo and Google Home uh, talking to each other forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, because somebody, they, they they were smart. On each calendar, they set up an event where the title of the event is the command to read you the schedule for the other device. And they're just in an infinite loop oh, going back and so forth. so genius. People are, people are way too bored. But it is fun to play with these things. Now, did you see anything at all interesting in CES that, that was, because um, Bearded Baca is a, a gearhead, it looks like, uh, and is listening live. Um, did you honestly there was nothing that immediately grabbed my attention nothing that really leapt out at me um because you were a google glass user early on right yeah i still as a matter of fact i still have it but it's not being uh it's not being supported right no no it's 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 done they uh what was that? I think they switched to the name halo for it was that it or something else no it's something else aura okay i don't know but, uh, you know, it, it fell out of development. And I got to admit, it's a bit of a shame because uh, for being able to get your text messages and dictate to them or do a quick Google search, and more importantly, as a new parent, just being able to take pictures quickly and easily. Oh, right, right. Very convenient. Uh, the only problem is, of course, it creeped the f- crap out of people. Uh, the thing that I don't get about it, though, uh, in, the, in the public's paranoia of Google Glass about always having their picture taken and everything else, I, I would sit on the BART train, the barrier rapid transit commuting into San Francisco, mm-hmm. and mostly glass was also my sunglasses. So I also would constantly have them on because I would be trying to get a little bit more sleep before going to work. Mm. And I would stop and I would look and I would see people leer at me because you, you encounter two types of people when you wear Google Glass. Uh, the type of people that want to know about it and the type of people that are skeeved out by it. That's it. And I would look around and I could see some people eyeballing me, but then I would also look around the train and just see the majority of people with their hands in the, on their smartphones. And a lot of them could, would hold them like generally right in front of them. You could be taking a hundred uh, and one pictures of people, and they wouldn't even know. So I, right. I never understood why that was a, a paranoia item. Right, uh, but right. it's it's a shame that there was such a a bad public stigma because I really think that's a, an interesting direction that wearables could have gone. I think it will. I think it will. I think there were there were probably some other uh, technical um, obstacles between uh, power and and was viewing uh, the the glass thing difficult after a while, like uh, eye strain wise. No, but that's, I, I always, I've been wearing glasses for years and I really don't want my vision to get worse. So I do a lot of, uh, eye exercises. Oh. So like every hour I'll spend, uh, at least I think about every 10 minutes, I try and focus on something in the distance. If I've been looking at the monitor a lot and vice versa. So for me, it wasn't, it was never an issue. And plus it, it really, it's just like, uh, looking up at something else. I could see how it give people headaches though. Right. Uh, but it was just a, it was a really fun product. I'm, I'm a damn, it's damn sad to see it go. As a matter of fact, I got to admit something to you, Marty as well. I just, um, maybe I shouldn't be admitting this to you, but I just switched back to an iPhone after being on oh, Android phones for two years. That's interesting. My, my sister just switched from, uh, um, uh, an iPhone to a, a pixel. So I, as a matter of fact, the guy that I, cause I, now that I work from home, I, I seem to think everything should come home. And before my groceries were delivered yesterday from oh, uh, Safeway, 
uh, uh-huh. Vons, if you're in Southern California. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, uh, I, I had really. a guy deliver my new phone because it was a service they offered. Jesus. And uh, that was one of the you're, things he told you're me. You're worse than on, me. I was on Project Fi, which is the Google phone service. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, you're coming off Fi? Wow. He's like, I, I don't really see a lot of people go that, that direction, going from Fi back to an iPhone. So Fi, for those of you who don't know, is a, that's the Google's uh, cell phone service. They use two different uh, networks um, as well as Wi-Fi to use your phone. And you sort of pay as you go. It's, it's pretty cheap. So you didn't like it. No, no, no. It's not that I didn't like it. I, it, the great, it, it is, I have to say, if you can get the phone, uh, whether you're buying it or, or leasing it, uh, it is a great service, and uh, most of the time I had decent service. And it, it gives you certain uh, – it, it also incorporates with Google Hangouts. So, uh, like, for example, you can make phone calls just through your computer with your Project Fi service. Right, right. So that was great. And uh, it, it's if you're a person that's home a lot and you've got your Wi-Fi at home too, all my data would go through that. So literally my phone – my cellular phone bill – would be thirty dollars a month, right? So I, I'm, so I'm planning to switch. So it's 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 a really great service. I really really enjoyed it. My only uh, problem is that everyone I know and love, and probably my um, how I guess you could say my most important client, they're all on iPhones as well. And uh, I, I started getting into this thing where if I wasn't on my MacBook, I might not get some important messages. Yeah, and plus, after I stopped using uh, Google Glass uh, so much, and after uh, Fitbit bought and killed the Pebble, which is my favorite smartwatch, uh, I'm also big on 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 uh, non phone notifications, wearable notifications. Oh. I love smartwatches. Oh, so I love not Apple having watch? to pull out my phone to see who messaged me. Gotcha. So with the Pebble's imminent demise coming, I'm just migrating back over to what works for everyone else, basically. Um, to give you some idea of what else is at CES, it's not just phones and computers and video cards. And uh, there's also like there's a fishing robot. It's an underwater drone that goes down to 100 feet and it, it has lights that will attract fish. And uh, it will also, you know, have uh, help you hook bait and all that stuff with a, And it has a, a camera and Wi-Fi connectivity, which is so important when you're fishing, you know, because that's what fishing is about, getting back to nature. And destroying it with technology. And tweeting. And tweeting. Oh, yeah. It will will tweet. Yeah. Your photos. It'll take a photo of your fish, enlarge it by 20% while keeping you in scale, you know, so you will have the biggest fish of all your friends. Well, uh, here's the one that I saw mentioned on Twitter that came out of CES. And and this is obviously just something the world has been missing. It's the di- discreet smart breast pump. Have you seen that one? Yeah, yeah, I did see that. Do you want to explain what that is? It's it, it's literally it's a it's it's a breast pump, uh, and it's it's small. And what it does is it goes over. It actually goes over the breast, so a woman could but under wear your bra, it. under your bra. Yeah, right? yeah, and and, and pump because you know nursing mothers need to collect their milk for for feeding their children as well not to mention alleviating pressure so uh that's something you know the whole world obviously has been asking for. yeah and it increases you two cup sizes so it's you know for 429 dollars like you're getting like you would pay thousands in surgery for the same thing so why not and and you know it's funny you mentioned that because now i, I guess i kind of understand where the quote-unquote innovation idea came from 
if it's a pump that enlarges you two sizes. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's two sizes, but it it, it does definitely does make your boobs bigger or look bigger. Um, <laughs> well, it would be if it were under there. Yeah. Uh, and also, there's like a lot of there used to be a. a a, a whole sex sort of trade that was going on at the same time as CES, but not not so much anymore. Um, oh, did they did they take the AVNs and port them over to a different time? I, th- I think they're they might have happened already, but it's less of a focus. They tried wanted it more of a family thing, uh, so there's less of an f- emphasis on that. But um, but you can still get a um, a. a a hairbrush that it connects with your smartphone or via Wi-Fi or Bluetooth, you know, so you can do that. Um, that won't do me any good. <laughs> what about that really thin TV? Did they show that at CES? Uh, there was a very thin TV that can only be mounted on the wall. Um, and uh, But it's just like very funny. Like you said, it's it's more of like weird concept stuff, like, you know, smart boxing gloves that track how hard you punch. And <laughs> well, I'm looking at the end gadget ratings, and this is, I think, one of the scariest. It's the Fisher-Price Smart Cycle. Yes. So your kid can, you know, hooks up to your TV, and they can, like, ride their sort of uh, big wheel, but it's a stationary big wheel that changes, you know, that, like, the the background, the video changes as, as they cycle along. So it's just a way for your kid to play and never leave the house. Uh, you know what, though, I, I, I have to admit in this day and age, um, unless I am taking my kids to the park, not that I'm taking a 13 year old, but I'm just including there. I've got two of them. Um, but if I'm taking them anywhere uh, or they're going outside to play, they're being taken somewhere. I don't know if this is a more an awareness of the society we're in. It's a helicopter parent thing or it's just general safety, but it, my kids don't go out and play the way we used to when we were kids. I, uh, so Michael Binhock, by the way, loves his new Apple Watch too. Evan, you're on uh, Project 5. How do you like that? Um, I think, you know, and I've mentioned this before, I think that there's always been the same amount of sexual predators and it, it's just now we, we have the tools to hear about them and track them. So You know, I, I, I hate to say it, but I almost fear, Marty, that uh, not only do we get to hear about it, but I think we, paranoid me, may believe that uh, because of the way the Internet works, we actually may have more. Uh, you know, I, I don't know, like, because there's always, like, like uh, back in the day, we'd just be like, "Oh, there's weird so and so. Avoid his house." You know, there's the weird homeless guy, and the and 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 again, there's no way to track this stuff because we don't have the data, and we can't really find out because, you know, the, like think about like priests back in the day, they would just they would just move them to a different parish and not and not punish them, and then decades later, we find out it was an epidemic, and now th- it just. There's there's so much more transparency, uh, so it's much more difficult for the church to um, to hide uh, pedophiles because parents are are much more uh, in tune to this stuff and paranoid about it, which they should be, and also the the uh, Catholic Church lost billions of dollars because of this, and uh, it's sad to say that money is a motivator, but they they they're much more um, culpable. So this stuff does not happen as much. Um, but at the same time, I also agree that when we sensationalize this stuff, it, 
And we have these tools that people can use for evil, like these technological tools that that sort of thing will happen as well. Definitely. Uh, and, you know, not to mention there are dark corners of the Internet that some of us don't go to. Uh, I'd hope most of us, especially those listening to us, but uh, that also uh, makes me feel like there could be places uh, like uh, Jared uh, from Subway. I can't remember his last mm-hmm. name. Fogel? Jared Fogel? Is that his name? Yeah, whatever. That asshole from Subway. Yeah, you know, he he was able to tap into a subculture to fulfill his uh, abhorrent behavior. And, and I feel like other people can do that as well, because uh, it's one thing if you're you're sitting in your apartment, your your parents basement or wherever it is you are and, and you know that your desire for small children. Sorry, I'm just using this as an example. Mm hmm. I'm not speaking from experience as well. Please uh, make that clear. Uh, but it's one thing to be sitting in your home and, and know this behavior is bad and, and wanting to act on it. But when it's just you and you're isolated, uh, you may be a little more suppressed. But when you learn that there are others out there and maybe have a way to interact with them, it, it can, in some ways, probably for you, help normalize that behavior. Yeah. I, I Also, well, and beyond... Maybe not, yes, there, you could normalize it, but also just give you access to it and ways to act mm-hmm. on it in um, more ways. But, and, and conversely, there are these people who felt isolated by their feelings, um, uh, whether they're uh, soci- bad for society, and then they can find help on there because there are help places for people with like bulimia or anorexia and pedophilia, just very dangerous things that they can find help online and find a community. And at the same time, they can find a community just the opposite. So th- there are both things out there. And ultimately, I think it's good to have these communication tools. Um, no, I, I do too. You know, and that's the thing. We can't, we can't uh, suppress things just because they can also lead to bad ends. Um, you know, the president-elect's campaign position on the Muslim ban, for example, uh, you know, and I think everybody can look at the statistics here in the U S and, and they would agree that, you know, if you wanted to use religion, uh, based on, on negative actions, then you'd probably actually more likely want to ban Christianity than you would, you know, the Muslim religion. I hope that's not too controversial for me to say on your show. Don't get me started about that. Yeah, no, I you know. So, and, and I'm just saying that it's, it's a matter of, it's, it's a matter of perception, and uh, so whether we, whatever we choose to believe is what we're going to believe, but we can't limit things just because of their potential for harm. You know, I we're using Google Hangouts right now to do this, and, and we're having fun. Right. There is a darker side where, like, for example, uh, sex trafficking occurs, and there are people that are able to exploit minors through social media and through yeah. video conferencing. Yeah. And I speak from experience in this because I, I know of a, of a team that this happened to. Right. Uh, and it's just like you wouldn't have expected this this to happen. Right, right. And them to be roped in. But, you know, they're able to use the tools and they know to speak and they're able to coerce and, and these things happen. But we're not going to shut it down. We're not going to stop video conferencing for that. So... I don't know. I don't know how we got on this dark topic. Yeah, but, I know. Uh, uh, but uh, Tyson says that the camera-mounted big wheels make me think of The Shining. This is like the virtual Shining. Where, oh my God! Imagine like swapping out your kids' like Fisher Price like uh, stationary big wheel and putting in like like 
like the shining video just like make your kid make your two-year-old like go through the the um the run halls. with billy down the hallway honey go go yeah yeah rad rom rad rom that would be awesome that, well, well, that's that's, that's the, hacking the, for the, for mischief i i fully support that the thing that kills me about the fisher price smart cycle is that it's it's literally taken <clears throat> one of the crazes from the 90s and now dumbed it down and tried to make it educational for kids so uh, you know it used to be you'd get on an exercise bike and they wanted you to sit in front of a big projector and you feel like you're you're riding <laughs> the in the wild yeah. instead of in a place and now they're doing this with kids and educational games I, I, and I, but hey at least they're trying to make them active now do you find uh, it different uh, raising your two kids 11 years apart like is there more of a helicoptering than the first one or less uh, you know what? It it all comes down to actually personality as well. Um, our, our the youngest doesn't require the same uh, commitment of attention that mm-hmm. that my elder did. Um, she's a little more independent. Uh, however, there are uh, other concerns now that I have that I, I didn't have with the first. For example, uh, because I am a gearhead, currently my uh, two year old is. Uh, well, actually, currently she's asleep. But before this, uh, we in an attempt, I, I don't know what we were thinking at the time, but I loaded YouTube kids onto an old iPhone that I had laying around. Don't judge me on that, Marty. <laughs> nope, nope. I was I, I was cleaning out a box and I found an iPhone four the other day. Don't. So but this one was a six plus. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we put YouTube kids on there for her so she could watch something. I don't remember why we did it. So now I have a very real problem, though, where this phone cannot be seen and can't be around because I have been able to witness this this tiny person just be obsessed with watching these colorful little kid videos. And she will just do it for hours. Wow. And it's so tempting to be like, all right, this is this frees me up and she's not going to get into trouble. Oh, she's not going to yeah. wander off. Like this you don't want to you don't want to admit these device. kind of things out loud, Marty. But yeah, there are certain times where you have certain deadlines. It's like I got two podcasts to publish right now, right. and I really got to fix this. Um, you know, uh, you want to watch uh, you want to watch some of those coloring videos, honey? Right. Yeah. You don't um, want to admit it, but it's true. Okay, I know that you have to run, and I have to run, but let's do one last thing before we go. Let's just get into the mail sack, okay? We're going to dip sir. into the mail sack. Mail sack, mail sack. I want to get my hands in that mail sack. Yeah, that was great. That was great. I, I, this, that is one of my favorite parts of the entire oh show, God. by the way. Tyson is, is a musical wonder. And uh, he's for to turn, like... Dan's just sort of screechings into something musical is is uh, that's wizardry to me. Um, we had we didn't have the mail sack last time. I think we because we were doing our little uh, group cast, which was super fun. If you guys missed the 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 holiday one, did you hear it? Well, I don't. I know that you have. Your oh record. yeah, so you guys had a great time. Yeah, and it was so great that Maria Bamford, you know, came by, and that was like pretty exciting to have a celebrity amongst us again, which has been a, a few years since we've had anybody of note. And she's just a wonderful person. So that was really fun. And I urge everybody to listen back to it if you haven't. And listen again if you want. Um, but we that was... Uh, so it's been like a month, I guess, since we've done a mail sec. And we only have like three emails. Um, Ash Williams, who is always uh, short and sweet, says, Foolish mortals, the undead zombie horde will be our true overlords. 
And uh, Ash sent that on Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Ash. Yes. Uh, Michael Binhock, who I believe is listening now over in Germany, says, Good morning and Happy New Year. Uh, how did everybody celebrate the end of the year? Cassandra, did you, did you try Frog's Legs? She was in France. Um, did you, Cassandra? Oh. Oh, that's right. She, Sorry. Mm, hmm. Yeah. Uh, I went to Bourbon Street, which is like the big place in, in the middle of the French Quarter, and it was just full of just drunk. It, it's seven o'clock, and it was pretty full of drunk people. Then went to hear some music, and I was in bed by 1030. And, uh, well, you know, if you were on Bourbon Street, then I could tell you where you got your shoes. Oh, you didn't? Did nobody tried to scam you with that one? No. What, what is that scam? Say, they'll come up and say, I bet you $5 I know where you got your shoes. This uh, is a warning, by the way, okay. tourists, if you go there. You're welcome. And then Good at idea. that point, uh, you're like, oh, this is easy money. There's no way. Yeah, sure. Uh, Floresheim isn't around anymore, so he can't possibly guess right, this. Right. <clears throat> So then you, you say, all right, you're on. And they say, you got your shoes on your feet right here on Bourbon Street. Now pay uh, up, sucker. Oh, that's good. And then if you don't, you get shivved. Yeah, or they yell at you and embarrass you, I think is the tactic. Uh, you know, same thing they do around Pier 39 in San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, is that still a, is a big tourist place these days? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Oh. I had a I had a contract at Williams Sonoma last year, and uh, one of the the IT offices right by Pier Thirty Nine. And boy, love, oh boy, yeah, the people just still flock there. I used to love going there as a kid. Um, so, uh, what did you do for New Year's with a two year old and a thirteen year old? Uh, we nested. We, uh, I made some uh, nice steaks that I just uh, fried on the, in the pan with some on a on a grill pan with some uh, with some butter and salt and pepper. Just very simple. And that's the way to do and, it. And we just stayed in and we had uh, what is that? Sparkling apple cider. Oh, watch the watch movies until like the last fifteen minutes of the year. Oh, that's just, perfect. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, you know, it's just it's one of those days where I think well. I, I, I tend to spend more New Year's at home than anything else, yeah. I think. Anytime I tried to put emphasis on, on the or significance on the night, like, oh, tonight's the night where something hap- is going to be great. Let's go to these parties. And it's always been miserable. Um, for Michael, he, I think he agrees with us. His former roommate came over. That's the girl I was writing about in, in that story, or, story earlier last year. Uh, she didn't want a big party. We had pizza, a bottle of wine, and talked a- about a lot of things, but mostly about relationships and the problems getting into and keeping them. Uh, later, we walked to the South Bridge in Bonn and watched the fireworks. That's awesome. <laughs> that sounds perfect. Like, what, what better, you know, even if uh, you might have feelings for her or not, um, it's just good to be around people that you enjoy being around. Um, and I've been to Bonn once, and I loved it. Uh, in other news... I have signed my lease for my apartment. It went uh, really fast when I found it online. Um, so congratulations. It's great to have a new place. And on a throwback, he says, uh, you were talking about Amazon. My cousin was a manager there for three years, and she had in that time seven bosses coming and going. Some stayed longer, than, um, uh, some stayed longer but some even lasted uh, a month, only a month because of all the pressure. Uh, they hire you fresh out of college with promises of stocks, and uh, you have to be there three years in the company to get those. She's still at Amazon, but in a subsidiary company. Yeah, you know, I have uh, some uh, someone I know who's an executive over at, at Amazon, and, you know, I think that for certain people, um, it, it's it's okay. Like, the, like 
because they're Amazon, they can take the time to find people who are willing to work their asses off and who don't complain about it and will work, you know, whatever, 12, 14-hour days. Um, yeah, and, and you know what, though? I, I, I kind of... You, you, I, I think anybody that would be willing to enter the Amazon infrastructure may expect that because things are not going to be easy in a company where I can sit down at my computer and I can order uh, a smartwatch, dog food, and lube and get them all delivered the next day. You know what I mean? It's pretty. It, it, it's, it disincentivizes you from ever going out to buy to the store, you know? It's like my, it's my go-to. It's just, I, I don't care if there's a, I mean, it's, it sounds terrible, but I'm less interested in supporting a small corner uh, drugstore because I, I'd rather support a small corner something else than uh, because I'd rather have more of a selection and the, the convenience thing. And that's terrible, but it's the reality of it. Completely understandable as well. Yeah. Um, but anyhow, uh, my... Uh, Happy birthday, Michael, and it's always great to hear from you. Please, uh, congratulations on um, your new place, and uh, let us know how that works. Uh, next email is uh, from Chris Miller. He says, good morning, Merps, your favorite listener slash field reporter, Chris Miller, wishing you a groovy morning. Hope everyone has had a great new year thus far. Uh, he's starting a new job. It's been a crazy few weeks. He's starting a new job uh, since leaving PlayStation, and um, congratulations. That's been fantastic, but he's had some health issues, increasing levels of leg pain. Um, I hope that you have good insurance. I know it's hard in these days, in this day and age, especially with the threat of the ACA being uh, revoked. Uh, Thank you for calling it the ACA, by the way. It's it's you know there was a thing on uh, Reddit. Somebody posted uh, an image of like the. the sort of a chat of people complaining about Obamacare. And this guy was like, you know, Obamacare has to be uh, repealed. It's a, it, was, it was a bad legislation from the start. Uh, thank God, that, you know, I have the ACA to protect me. And somebody was like, uh, you realize that they're the same thing, you idiot. And No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. I, I really, honest to God, I hope that's true, Marty. I really hope that that viral little thread and that represent I hope that that was true. Yeah, I do too. Um, the person didn't respond. Yeah, who knows if it's true, but it, it's true. Like, the, you know, Republicans will only call it Obamacare, but it is the American Care Act or whatever. Now, what do you feel, how do you feel Act. about the repealing? Oh, I think it's a terrible idea. I think that it's going to... Uh, there are some uh, senators now who have come out, uh, Republican senators who are like, hey, let's, uh, let's not... Uh, replace it or let's not repeal it until we have a replacement idea i think that that's what the american people deserve is like to know what is what the alternative is and right now we don't have there's nothing being put on the table and i think it's foolish it, it's sort of like saying you know uh my car is a lemon you know i'm gonna burn it and like and then uh when it's burnt then i'll figure out what i'm gonna drive you know well, or in this case, like I kind of think of it as it's like a grocery store chain saying, you know what, we're going to stop getting, we're not going to take milk from these people anymore without having a plan of the dairy that you're going to get it from next, uh, right. how you're going to supply it. Right. And the and, whole works. And, you know, and, and you, if they can come up with something better, I'm happy to embrace that. Something, yeah, but make sure it works. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, that, like yeah. case in point last year, uh, there were 45 days I was between contracts. Right. Uh, and in that 45 days, 
my insurance premium was horrible. However, uh, because of some of the subsidies that were built into the American Care Act, uh, my wife and my children, my I was able to afford health care for them for those 45 days. Right, which is critical. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah. And, and so, it, it like, for me, even I saw benefit from it, a person who typically has health insurance through their employer. Right. And, um, yeah. and, and you know... Uh, it's not perfect. No. I, you know, and, and the thing is, I, I think what... Dis- I, if I may have a, a political diatribe here for just a moment, yeah, Marty, because really the, I, I the nature of this show, my co-host, you know, tends to be a little bit more uh, funny and lofty. And, and so I don't, I feel I do a disservice to him in, in bringing this stuff up during our, our basically with the Dick and Fark tech show. Mm. But, um, I'm at the point now, uh, where I am completely and utterly fed up with, uh, politics in general but i don't want to vote for the candidates that are that are going to burn down the infrastructure or that are quote going to quote unquote change because uh, i don't think that's ever going to happen what's going to happen is voting in people that will realistically attempt to change things but also at the same time the political party system i'm utterly disgusted with and and really i hope that we can get to a point where we're at least able to elect officials that will put country before party because when it comes to something like healthcare i have two firm beliefs in this world nobody in our country should die because they're poor and nobody should go bankrupt because they got sick right and in that case we should have as quote unquote one of the greatest countries on earth we should have a health insurance system for all of our citizens. It's just the way it should be. Yeah. I mean, we don't have a police insurance. We don't have fire insurance. We just have a fire department and a police department. And, and that's part of the social fabric that keeps us healthy. And, mm-hmm. the, and the, the healthcare shouldn't be any different. Uh, it just happens to be a very uh, difficult system to solve. But uh, from a philosophical standpoint, I think you're absolutely right. Like, nobody... like. And here's the scary thing is if, if we repeal Obamacare, millions of people will lose health care and tens of thousands of people will die every year. That's just a fact. Because of Don't this. also, and, and some of those, you, you have to remember, and this is an important thing, one of the good things that came out of the, Ameri- the uh, Affordable Care Act uh, was the important item about pre-existing conditions? I've I've been rejected for for pre-existing conditions when I tried to buy. Um, I was there was a a very short time I w- was without health insurance and I tried to apply and it, and they were like, nope, uh, you have pre-existing conditions. I'm like, I saw mm-hmm. I saw a therapist for like two months, you know, and they're like, nope, sorry. Yeah, and 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 what if you're a person that had cancer and you wonderfully you were able to go into remission well what happens to you then though you know afterwards well no you had cancer sorry we can't insure you well that's ridiculous um so anyway but you know again i'm also not a social justice warrior i i don't do anything to affect change so that's also a reason why i kind of limit my scope you know know I, i thought this year was the first year that I actually donated to presidential can- campaigns, mm-hmm. and I thought that that was enough because it's something I finally did. Um, and, and, you know, in the long run, I know it, it wasn't. 
and 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 that's really uh, kind of like when when there were the protests. I understood people needed to get off steam, but my whole thing with the protests of, of the election, where if you're going to do that, you got to protest every single day until the end right. of the term, right? Uh, well, because otherwise, it's it, you're just doing that. You're 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 not only letting off steam, but you know, personally for our country, I felt it, it was an embarrassment. Uh, uh, well, because you, you say that you're not a, a, a social justice warrior, but you like just by talking about it, like that is a step. And, you know, I think that that is one thing, like getting back to Meryl Streep, I think that these are important things that, that need to be in our daily conversation. And we need to, to hold politicians to, to uh, their word and, and make sure that they're acting in the interests of the, uh, of our, their constituents and and not out of ego and not out of corruption and all this stuff and and that is you know we can be funny and we can be we don't have to march but we can you know just have these conversations and that's what i look forward to tuesdays about because that that is like that that us having this dialogue is important and hopefully people hear it and you know sorry we're this isn't the funniest podcast but we're having a great time and I, i've been enjoying it yeah um, and, and i've been laughing and, too so and and i have to say too that uh i well you know what all i'm saying is it, it, we just got to remember two things if you're not happy with the action of government you have to remember that politicians have one big fear and that's not being politicians anymore uh, and with everything that has transpired since the election, for all of the commentary that we've gotten from all of the people, both from uh, the liberals to the conservatives and everything else, um, the one thing I find most disappointing are the people that have been uh, sharing and, and retweeting what I call these false hopes about uh, how we may not get uh, be able to not have a president-elect Trump uh, actually take office and all that jazz or or this and that when really what I would want to see and I, and I haven't done this so again I, I don't feel I have room to comment but what we really need is, is a guide from people that were on the inside to say if we want to get our politicians to truly listen to us if we want uh, the people that are across the uh, the what what do they refer to that as when they're when they're across the aisle aisle thank you uh when we want to to affect change with those that are across the aisle how do we as the constituents do that right. and more to the point too like if liberals are unhappy with the way the election happened well well what's the plan to change that because you know one of the things that that mitch mcconnell did it, it, after either the 2008 election or the 2010 uh mid-elections midterms they set up a fund mm -hmm. to focus on on making sure that that ticket republicans would be able to get support for their campaigns and awareness and outreach and you know has the democratic party done anything like that yeah well yeah you know, we don't know my whole point is marty you don't know right i don't know you don't know so uh and i think that this is really isn't about democrat or republican it really is about American. If you are unhappy with in America with the way things are going, how do we honestly get the politicians to listen to us and to act? And, and, and I hate to say we need to know what their pain buttons are, but that's part of it. Sure. No. I, my God. I, there's a there's a soapbox that's shinier and higher than mine, and Will Wilkins is on it. Um, 
Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> no, that's awesome. That no, and you're absolutely right. Like these are, and and in uh, in approaching 2017, we we have to think about uh, how we can have good discussions, productive discussions, and not try to like you know, like you said, delude ourselves about trying to game the system or 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 do tricks or whatever or just or I mean, we really have to try to 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 engage with people and that's, that's and, and and just be better you know what don't don't troll people that are responding to trump's tweets no matter what side of the aisle you're on because what are you doing what are you doing with your life yeah yeah affect uh, change not noise anyway sorry i, I get heated when no you, no this I, is this is great and um uh, but we are in chris miller's uh email so let's get to the, the sorry heart of chris it. no no this is great i hope uh, your leg gets better uh in less grave news he says in uh i'll be in la in two weeks a couple of friends and i are coming for a day trip uh i don't think it'll be a tuesday but you're always welcome um i believe i'm getting to see our own uh, beloved peter wg that's awesome he's a great guy and um and he wants recommendations of where to go we're planning wacko which is a, a store and La Luez de Jesus. I don't know what that is. That's embarrassing. If it's it, uh, if it's a day trip that starts really early, La Luz de Jesus. It, try try and get into Los Angeles early. Find yourself in West Hollywood and go to the griddle for breakfast. Oh wait, let me finish uh, what he has in his thing. Oh yeah. So he's going to go to La Luz de, de Jesus, which is a uh, like a, a gallery. Meltdown Comics, Golden Apple, Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles. An animal, but we need more. So, so go on. So start off. Well, I was just going to say it's not really a complete experience until you've seen the insanity of eating at the griddle. Um, only because it's it's always got a line and the proportions are off the charts. So, uh, and they have red velvet pancakes. Come on! Ah, oh, there it is. I, um, and you know, from there, you're also then centrally located around all the nonsense and the the gallery that they're talking about actually. Um, uh, was featured uh, discussionally speaking in uh, either Smodcast or Fat Man on Batman because the uh, uh, the curator uh, of of that uh, gallery also has a very interesting original piece of uh, comic art that was drawn that could possibly be the inception of the Joker that was never used. It's a page that wasn't uh, used. Oh, I see. And that's right so. near Wacko. So. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but you know, as for what else to see in Los Angeles, I lived down there for five years, so I, I at within that time, I kind of became immune to the quirks. I mean, if you're going to go to Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles, yeah, I say hit the griddle. You got to go to Pink's because you got to go to Pink's, right? Yeah, yeah, it is a great hot dog. I, I, I'm not a huge hot dog person, but it's a fantastic hot dog. Yeah, and uh, and, and you'll be close to Gold out Golden Apple at that point as well. Mm -hmm. And so, and uh, do you have a preference between Meltdown or Golden Apple? No, I don't. I don't even know if Golden Apple is still open. Are they? I, I don't. I know. bring that up, but uh, but you know, I no, I don't because I I I couldn't even afford comics when I was living in L.A. So oh, right, that um, <laughs> was just I was at, that was a pre-crisis uh, pre uh, um what is that real estate crisis, but it was still after the dot-com popped. So it wasn't fun times, Marty. Um, but look at you now. You're on top of the world. On top of the world! Uh, I would also I encourage you to check out what's playing, what, what shows are at Meltdown and uh, Largo at the Coronet and at UCB, because there are always good comedy shows at all those places. 
Uh, there are two UC, uh, UCB theaters to, to choose from. Um, and all the, the other comedy things out there. And he wants to go to Animal, which is a fantastic restaurant. Uh, uh, Vinny DeTolo and John Shook, uh, like two really uh, stand-up guys and fantastic chefs. Um, it's a great restaurant to go to. A little pricey. I've only been there once because it's a little pricey. But uh, if you if you come up, that's what you need to do. If you if you're going someplace, you know, you have to experience it, and uh, it's money well spent. I think. Well, um, plus, if you're if you, even if it's just a day trip in Hollywood, you still have to see the the Walk of Fame on um, Hollywood Boulevard, right? You have to. Um, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It, it you know it is a scene. Just to be amongst, yeah, it's a it's a filthy, gross place, but it, it really is. It's so sad that yeah. that we're we're paying homage to all of our our greats in whatever form of the arts that that play. I mean, like Arsenio Hall is outside of the door of the McDonald's for God's sakes. Oh you know what God. I mean? Yeah, yeah, and that's uh, right where Jimmy Kimmel is, and um, and it's worth it. You know, you get to see the stinky. The, the impersonators and their Spider-Man costumes and their Batman costumes and it's a little it's yeah it's worth it. It's, Although I do have to say, if if it's more than a day trip that you're in Los Angeles, if you have the opportunity to see whatever uh, Disney film is being featured at the El Capitan at the time, it's an experience because they oh, it's great. They have the organist come up and they play music and you know they make, they make it fun. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I I've just been scouring my mind trying to think of like what are the what what are the things that people don't talk about that are in L.A. Yeah, I mean we talk but about the same things. Should know about like I, I just think that there's such a wealth of 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 uh, talent and people doing things like you know people go to New Orleans New Orleans for music and Austin for music, and I think you, you L.A. is a place for for comedy and improv and you know just being able to see like great performers is is such a, a a treasure so um but i don't do it enough because like you i don't like leaving the house if i can order a co- comedian by amazon then i will happily happily do it as long as it's a uh, you know it's amazon prime yeah exactly cuz let's not slum it shall we by the way if anything else good that came out of 2016 can we at least uh, say how it's nice, especially like you've recently been married. So mm-hmm. uh, there was the potential that you and your fiance may have had your own Prime accounts. But it's nice that Amazon does let us share Amazon Prime with family now so we don't have to maintain two accounts. The funny thing is, you know, she works for uh, Schmidt Netflix. I have to say there's no I can say Schmoogle, but Netflix Um and they don't buy her and they don't supply her with a an account so she's using my Netflix account <laughs> you know that's that's really kind of shocking and to then me. i'm looking at my history i'm like why did you watch fuller house now netflix thinks i watch fuller house this is bad well, it- Depending on the devices, though, you can have profiles on Netflix now as well. So it's because it's true. If you look at my Netflix uh, account, uh, because my daughter used to use it a lot, you may have thought I had an odd obsession with uh, Nick, uh, Nickelodeon and Uh Disney uh, TV shows. Right. Uh, But I don't. But now everybody in the house has their own profile. So slowly my profile is, is starting to learn I'm just a nerd. And not a pedophile, so that's nice. 
He's a nerdy pedophile. No, I'm, no hey, no, um, I'm not. Uh, okay, okay. So I think I have the name for this episode. Uh, a nerdy Will, pedophile. No, Will Wilkins Wonderful. is not a nerdy pedophile. <clears throat> That's a little lengthy, don't you think? You know, it's not my problem. It's whoever has to deal with this, uh, this, uh, you know. Uh, podcast stuff oh that's oh, you crap oh, yeah it is geez. yeah like that that whole problem with my microphone in the uh, midway in the show now i'm there's gonna be an entire part of the show where i've got to boost my own voice oh no don't don't bother with that it, it's fine everybody's listening to it live and they're having no problem david castro a friend of the show says two, uh, golden apple has two locations a uh, senior smoke says uh do i like my hot dogs of average size uh i just want them like I want them to have snap. So when I bite into them, like with my teeth, my incisors, there's just like a snap. That's how I, I like hot dogs. It, I call it the pop. It's the got pop. a pop when yeah, you bite it. Yeah, there you it. go. Michael Benhock says in Germany, uh, Facebook got sued for not taking down fake news posts. Um, okay, well, they're, they're trying to work on that. It's very difficult. Um, they're, they're trying to put uh, uh, filters in there that um, work with uh, sort of news... Um, news evaluation sites like Snopes and uh, uh, what's that one called? Um, but anyhow, they're, they're trying to deal with that. Kenny Finish, who we, we haven't mentioned Kenny Finish in a long time, but he tweeted in. Um, you know why? It's because we haven't had a lot of interruptions on the show. We've been very courteous to each other. I appreciate We that. have? I feel like I've, I've, I have a big problem with interrupting my co-hosts. And I feel like I've unfortunately continued that streak here. Uh, it's been a fabulous uh, morning. I'm sorry, nooner of give and take. And I appreciate it. Um, Will Wilkins, thank you for taking your lunch uh, hours and uh, joining us and saving the podcast. It has been a joy to talk to you. Uh, listeners who tweeted in, thank you so much for doing that. Um, everyone get Google Fi. This episode brought to you by Google Fi, not brought to you by Google Fi. Um, Fill our mail sack, noonerpodcast at gmail.com. We really appreciate it. Uh, get us some questions. Here, here's the call to action. Uh, let us know what you want to hear uh, more of in 2017. And uh, we'll try to accommodate you or uh, at least talk about it, how we cannot accommodate you. Um, <laughs> that's probably going to be more the case. But we want to hear your feedback. If it's your first time uh, emailing in, we'd love to hear from you. Let us know where you're from and what do you do while you're listening to the show. Um, will, will you come back again sometime? Oh, certainly. Uh, yeah, it's definitely. A, it's Marty, a, it's, it's been an enjoyable conversation, thankfully. Uh, and, um, and I only say thankfully because it's, now I've extended my work day to, to compensate. But uh, I will say it was very much worth that sacrifice. And anytime you want to get into some of the nerdier topics or you oh, want yeah. to get into the discussion of the uh, crumbling uh, of what we know as modern journalism or the uh, proliferation and the ability to disseminate uh, artificial news, uh, I'd be more than happy to come back and discuss oh, anytime. We'll absolutely do that. Do you program in it as well, by the way? Uh, to what extent? Uh, like programming <laughs> languages and anything like that? I have it, it is my deepest regret in this world that my ability to code has not gone beyond that of the World Wide Web. Uh -huh. uh, I really wish I had learned a programming language earlier because uh, many times in my life I find myself, uh, it, it's a weird thing. I don't know how to code, but at the same time I can also read code 
and I at least have a base understanding to be able to understand what's going on. For right. example, uh, we recently changed the color scheme of Smodcast.com to coincide more with the color scheme of, of Kevin's uh, current jersey preference, uh-huh. which is the black, white, and red. And in that, I had to do a lot of code reading because I had you have a lot of uh, even with cascading style sheets, you have a lot of references to, right. you know, you you assign something. I, I think of it still as a um, but you basically give it a name. So then there are other places where that name is called. So you've got to track down all these things because right. I didn't have a style guide for where everything was set in our site. I wasn't the one who coded it. So, gotcha. yeah, I really wish I was a coder, but I'm not. But you can I'd probably be making a lot more money and I would have been sitting at home a lot longer. <laughs> but you can know how to change colors and cut and paste. That's that that's good for some. Yeah. All right. A little bit. All right, guys, uh, like I said, uh, email us noonerpodcast at gmail.com and we will see you next next Tuesday. If that if that has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio.